Little Heroes Comics is a UK-based charity that creates and distributes comic-making kits to children through hospitals and healthcare organisations across the UK, keeping them far from boredom and closer to creativity. Head to littleheroescomics.co.uk to find out how to donate and to help at this incredible charity today. One of the ways you can help them out and get some amazing all-age comics at the same time is by heading over to fairsparkbooks.co.uk. Nothing is more exciting than creating stories for kids and Fairspark Books bring you a whole host of them in different and exciting formats that are all aimed at encouraging imagination. You can find such titles as How to Make Comics with Springworth, Gallant Namos, Snuffy and Zoe, Megatomic Battle Rabbit, Leaf and so much more. Fairspark Books are partnered with Little Heroes Comics so a portion of the profits go towards their goal each year. Go to fairsparkbooks.co.uk and littleheroescomics.co.uk today to find out more. Little Heroes Comics. Bring a huge smile to comics creativity today. Welcome to That Comic Smell Podcast. With... Your host, Tom Stewart, with special guest, John Tucker. What have you been up to today? You been working? Working too. Yeah, I've been to work um, in my real job. Um, <laughs> Uh, picked up some Japanese yen for my holiday, which is going to be in October. Oh, nice. To Japan, obviously. Um, and well, never then, well, and then for the last uh, hour, um, I've been lying on the couch and sweating because I've got this coming up. Oh, no need to sweat, did you? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I'm much of the same. It's uh, it's funny. I set these things up. Um, going into it just being like oh it'll be nice natural conversations it'll be great see every time i went into it, i've been shitting myself before it's come on to any of them and i don't know why what you've been shitting yourself yeah yeah you're the host okay i know but you know it's, it's <laughs> sitting down and chatting away and i'm i'm, I'm just uh looking at the quality of the questions i mean like are these okay is everything all right oh fucking hell oh you got questions of you well it's just if the conversation starts to go a wee bit south <laughs> <laughs> Um, That's not a bad idea. If, but, yeah, if I if I if I get into my like 15th minute on Casey Green, it might be the time to bring in a question. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'll tell you what, I'll ask the three questions at the top. Yeah, go which ahead. Is, number one, how are you? Uh, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two, who are you? Uh, I'm John Tucker. I'm an independent uh, comic creator from Cardiff in South Wales. You've kind of answered number three, so that's fine. Which is what are you? So that's fine. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm an independent comic creator from Cardiff <laughs> in South Wales. <laughs> we were uh, we were kind of speaking um, briefly before this about kind of what we could speak about as well. Yeah. Um, and you had sort of come up with a, a couple of specific, quite specific topics, which I thought were pretty pretty decent, to be honest, because there's there's not something that I've actually thought about before. So. You had said about was it about comedy in? Yeah, I think I think that was the main one. Like because I, much like you, like when you said, oh, you know, it's just a freewheeling thing. We're just going to take it easy, so no real need for any forward planning. I immediately started writing stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean? like <laughs> like giving myself little lifelines just in case things tank from the word go. <laughs> you know, it's it's always good to have stuff in the chamber. I just thought like. You know, maybe you know the the idea of um, co- like how comedy is presented in com- like particularly on the sort of indie comic scene. Yeah. Um, at the minute, I thought that might be that might be something we could talk about. But yeah, yeah. you know, I'm equally happy to talk about Weezer for an hour or <laughs> you know anything. It's, it's funny. It's funny that you actually mentioned that because uh, I think only like the day before or something, I've been having a massive rant about Weezer's career. Um, oh yeah, go on in this era. Oh, just about the fact that they used to be absolutely fantastic and they're still the number one band I've ever seen live and completely blew me away and just their most recent, I think about phew, 
eight albums or something like that have been absolute abominations, just shite, absolute what, shite. What was the last good album in your view? In my view, the last good album hmm, would have been Make Believe, possibly. I did enjoy the Red Album. Okay. I did enjoy the Red Album, a couple of tracks. I thought there were, I thought there were enjoyable elements to the Red Album. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Red Album had some pretty poignant sort of first tracks, and it got to Pork and Beans, and then it kind of peters out from there. Yeah, but, Pork and Beans is a good single. Oh, yeah, totally. And it's got a great video to go along with it as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, like for me personally, I like the 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 last like chronological sort of Weezer album that I really connected with was, was like the Green album because I was I was born in 1987. Okay. So I was um, so like you know by the time I was coming around to like MTV2 and that when I was like a long haired teenager, yeah. Um, it was like you know Hashpipe and Island in the Sun, um, that kind of stuff was yeah. was on MTV2. Same here. Dude. So. Yeah, so that was the first Weezer album I ever heard, and I thought, oh my god, this is great. Like, I hadn't heard the Blue album, and I hadn't heard Pinkerton. So mm. I came in thinking, ooh, Weezer, eh? You know, <laughs> with the with the Green album, right? Yep. And then you know, you know, things happen with Weezer, and you think, mm, okay. But then you know, the the Blue album, and yeah, the Blue album and Pinkerton, I, 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 that, that's basically a different band, I would say. Do you know it, what I mean? It really is. It really, really is. It's when it reaches the Green album, it's like. Uh, it's like an almost a, a complete plateau. They they get to the pop um, region that they I think they must have been hitting for. They must have been aiming for that all along, trying to get to the pop era. Because I mean, it's Pinkerton. It's got um, oh god, the one with the the video with the Muppets, isn't it? Or is that? Oh no! Oh you! Oh um! Oh shit! What is that song Go, called? It's uh, not on Pinkerton, Go, no. Gone fishing? No, is that on Gone Mal- fishing? Maladroit or whatever the hell it is. I think that's on Maladroit. Yeah. Right, okay. Well, the, I I feel like they were always trying to hit some sort of pop region of some sort, and then they got their kind of big, massive hit with Ashpipe, and it was just yeah. like off and running. And then from there, they've just it's like they're trying to just get pop hit after pop hit and just not hitting it whatsoever. Well, I, I've heard that the reason that is is because um, Rivers Cuomo was so um, sort of disheartened with the critical reception for Pinkerton at the time. He said, "Oh, well, that's it. I'm not writing anything like that again." Oh. Because at the time, Pinkerton was you know it was a flop. Like it didn't yeah. really didn't really do anything. And you know there wasn't a video for anything on Pinkerton. I don't think was there. Mm, oh, I can't actually think. I don't uh, think there was a video for anything. Oh, I don't remember seeing a video for anything. Like there may have been something for the Good Life, but I don't actually remember. You know, it certainly wasn't in rotation the same way like Say It Ain't So or Buddy Holly was. No, true. You know, so yeah. you know, I, I think that that sort of, you know, I think I think perhaps that was what he wanted all along, and then when he saw the reaction to it, because you know, he, you know, Weezer were popular on like college radio and things yeah. like that, and then they released all these songs about him, you know, pining for, you know, pining for a foreign teenager or. You know, trying to chat up a lesbian at a bar, <laughs> and people are like, "What the fuck's this?" <laughs> so I, I think he just sort of—I I, think—I think we we post um, uh, Pinkerton career is is sort of like a reaction to that sort of to, to the reaction that Pinkerton had, you know. So True. yeah, um, if you listen to um, if you listen to oh god, I can't remember the name of the track, but there's a certain track on the Red album as well where he lists. All the bands that he was into from when he was young. Oh yeah, and he, yeah, he describes the Nevermind cover. Yeah, God, I can't remember that. Yeah, he, but see, this is the thing: you just forget that you know they all just blend into one after a certain point, don't they? I, I mean, I've never been good with track titles for anything at all. So when it when it comes to stuff like that, I'm like, um, it's that one with the, <laughs> yeah. with, the with the wee bit in it with the with the thing, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, that when he lists off like all the bands that he was into as he was growing up and and what really got him to get into the band and stuff, it kind of makes sense as to where they were going. To be fair, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. But fans just they just get so disheartened after like each album comes out and they keep expecting it to be the sort of bring back to what they used to be, and then it's just <laughs> totally. Well, done. I think with that, I think it's you know. Um, you know, fool me once, shame on you. You know, like if you if you're a Weezer diehard thinking that Pinkerton Two is coming, mm-hmm. I got terrible news for you, and I've got a bridge to sell you. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like it's just it's like who the who the fuck is still holding out hope at this point that yeah. you know that there's going to be another Pink Triangle or another um um like another Get You or Staying yeah. So. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's just totally. 
that that was a different it was a different time. We're lucky to have it, but yeah, we're not gonna have we're not gonna have that again from them. And know? and yet when uh, when they announced the White Album, it was almost like oh yes, it was like it was like the second coming of Christ or yeah. something when it came out. It was they put the picture to a, a picture of a, a white circle and everybody lost their shit. When mm. it came to oh my god, the White Album, it was trash. Absolute trash. I, I, I mean, it was it was okay. I mean, there was a, there was a couple of decent songs on it, but I mean, that's you know. But then the problem is, like you know, um, if it wasn't, let's say it wasn't Weezer, let's say it was another band mm-hmm. that released some of these records. I'm sure they would have been perfectly passable. But it's just, you know, with Weezer, you've always got, you know, um, like in the garage, Surf Wax America. You've always got all that stuff in the back of your head. Yeah, like you, you know what they're capable of. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Like. Um, like I've never seen someone run a hundred meters in fifteen seconds, but if you saying Bolt did it, I wouldn't be impressed because I know he can go faster. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do get that. Yeah, that's very so, true. Oh, fifteen seconds, you never seen anything like. Yeah, I know, but I've seen you do better than that. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Actually, yeah, I've never. Do you know what? It's when you get a different perspective on it like that. It's very true. Do you know? Actually, I'm actually a much better artist than my books let on. I just don't want to get people's hopes up. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, you've put it on record now, though. That's it. That's it. Right, delete that. <laughs> delete that from the record. <laughs> Let's get a marker. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, you're uh, you're not just a a Weezer diehard, and that's it, and nothing else will go into your ears. Um, what? Um, what kind of, what other kind of stuff are you into? I noticed that you've got a fine collection of guitars, so you must have quite a fine collection of music. Uh, but the, those two things aren't mutually, aren't uh, you know, that, that that doesn't mean that at all. Uh, <laughs> um, God, no, you know, I mean, music-wise, I mean, you know, <laughs> you're listening to the music hour on that comic smell, but like, <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, you know, I like, you know, it's, I know it's daft to say like I like a bit of everything, but like. Like you know, I I grew up in Cardiff in the early two thousands, mm-hmm. and like I, I'd say one of the one of the first bands that I was really sort of um, obsessive about that I could actually go and see because like, my first real like music obsession that was mine mm-hmm. was Nirvana. Oh, nice! Because like before that, like I you know I was into like stuff that my dad was into, like you know like Black Sabbath and things, and my mum was into like Jethro Tull and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then my first. Like the first band I had for my own that I could actually go out and see somewhere was Biffy Clyro. All right, okay. Like the early bit, like back when Black before they signed to Warner. Yeah, the Black and Sky Vertigo Bless is when I got in. Right. And so I was just like going up, you know, up and down the country, blah blah, blah seeing them in nice. like these little shitholes. Like you know, <laughs> like, you know, people would never believe some of the venues I'd seen Biffy Clyro in. You know, oh. like headlining Reading and all other in- business. I saw them in Westport Bar in Dundee, and it's literally the biggest dive you've ever seen in, my, <laughs> in your fucking life. Christ. It was when they were, they were just starting as uh, Black and Sky era, and I, I remember going in, watching them, and going, these guys are shit. <laughs> <laughs> I do actually really like them now, but I remember at the yeah. time being like, fucking hell, they're, they're awful, they'll never do well. <laughs> well, I, I, think the, I think the smallest place I ever saw them was, um, it was in King Tut in Glasgow. All right. Okay. Yeah. They did a couple of nights there. I think just before they're about to sign to Warner, and right. I think there was a sort of a sense in the room that, like, because it was all of us, like, you know, like terminally online teenage diehards. Yeah. We were all there, sort of like to wave them off. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, you're about to be enjoyed by forty-year-old men who wear vests, and you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I've definitely seen the. Uh, I've seen the the the. Uh... The kind of guys you're on about with Mon the Biff written on t-shirts oh, or down God, the arm yeah. or something like that. It's basically it's, you know that that Limmy sketch where he's in the park and just gets progressively worse yeah. and worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that. Yeah, it's pretty spot on. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to do the accent. I know that's cultural appropriation when I'm on the phone with you. Sorry, that's fucking that's it's bad, a, isn't it? It's okay. You're racist. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I might crack yeah. it a Welsh later on. You're okay. <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, but they were like, they were a bit, obviously, like, I think, like, Puzzle was, again, like, Puzzle was a different band, and, yeah. like, after that point, it just, it, you know, it kind of wasn't for me, so I sort of stepped away. Um, you know, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm sort of very into, like, very into, sort of, like, American punk rock from, like, the 80s. Like, there was a, there was a book called um, uh, Our Band Could Be Your Life. Yeah. Um, which was written by Michael Azarad, who was a, um, who wrote for The Rocket, I think, which was a music magazine in Seattle. Oh, I, And, yeah. um, yeah, and it was it was all about sort of like the sort of like SST um, 
you know SST records and all that stuff mm-hmm. like the, the the independent punk scene in America in the 80s like Black Flag Huskadoo yep uh the Minutemen uh, all that kind of like Mission of Burma that kind of thing and mm-hmm. I read that book and basically just acquired a whole new sort of like area of music from that nice um so like Huskadoo Minutemen big fan of them mm-hmm. um I'm very very into like stupid metal Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, but but to me, I like I like like stuff like Job for a Cowboy and like Slayer. Like I've seen Slayer and that kind of thing. Oh, you actually and, seen them? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I saw them in Manchester in 2011 before, uh, and that was original lineup Slayer. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, yeah, I saw them. Um, so like thra- I, proper thrash metal. Yeah, but I like that because it's funny. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's ridiculous. Went, it's so over the top. It's ridiculous, but it's yeah, amazing. I, I, I can't help but laugh. Like I, I went to see a band, <laughs> I went, I went to see a band called Hate Eternal once in Cardiff Barflight, and they are absolutely fucking ridiculous, right? <laughs> and like, you know, I don't know if you've ever been inside uh, a Barflight establishment. I think there's only like two left now, but no. it was a tiny, tiny room. And um, they came on, and they were just blasting through these songs. And I, I honestly, I couldn't help it. I was just, I was doubled over laughing <laughs> i was having a good time but i was just i couldn't help it and some of their fans were really annoyed at me <laughs> really really annoyed but uh so i'm into that uh <laughs> uh god what else like i like some like i you know i like some like typically like wistfully weirdy shit you know like um uh, uh mark kozalek who used to be in red house painters okay um, who's got another band called sun kill moon i'm very into them uh nice. john fahey who's like a like an american uh, blues guitarist I was very into him uh, some weird European stuff like Stereo Lab that sort of thing I'm going to forget a really obvious one <laughs> and I'm going to kick myself later but yeah I'm, I'm, you know I just you know I, I think it's just I, I like what I like I, I wouldn't say like there's a type of music that I mean you know like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. like I like some stupid pop music you know like that kind of thing you know nice. it's just it's just a bit of whatever I think yeah, I'm, yeah. I wouldn't say I'm a connoisseur I just like what I like you know yeah you'll just kind of try anything of its own kind of thing and give it a go yeah yeah, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I definitely know that, dude. Um, yeah, well, I saw your um, I saw your approval for one of the uh, Death Cab albums I had hanging up on the wall. Oh, Transatlanticism. I thought, yeah. I've got a good in here. That's it, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, mad, mad Death Cab fan here. So, um, do you um, so do you actually do you actually play as well? Yeah. 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 Do you do you have, do you have a band? Um, the most recent band I was in was like the house band at my job. Like somebody was leaving, and they were in a band, and a few of us decided to um, sort of like support them. Like before okay. the the leaving person came on and performed with his band, a few of us went on and did one thing just to sort of like send them off. Right. We did um, we did the me first in the gimme gimme's version of I believe I can fly. Yes, yes, yeah, we did that. Um, this was before. Um, well, I'd like to say it was before we knew R. Kelly was bad, but it wasn't. It was it was before the most recent round of R. Kelly allegations. <laughs> but like, as far as because it was the, the me first version, it was like one step removed, so that was fine. Yeah, totally. Know? So, but um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I, I've I was in like some awful teenage bands where we mm. would like rehearse once a week and then spend like two evenings like trying to take moody photographs in the park. <laughs> <laughs> You know, been like, there, dude. Had, been there. Yeah, I had my like because I, I thought like I thought I looked like dead like Kurt Cobain because I'd grown my hair long, but really, <laughs> I because like Kurt Cobain was like five foot and I'm like six four, and I'm huge, right? And <laughs> Kurt Cobain was nothing. Yeah, and like, and uh, what I what I realized after the fact that I'd done is what I'd essentially had was instead of a bowl cut, I had sort of like a bucket cut. <laughs> it was like the same length all the way around my head. It looked absolutely ridiculous. I never pulled it out of my eyes or anything. Never made any attempt to style it. It was like this, it was like a fucking lampshade. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but, at, but at the time I was like, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is well edgy. <laughs> I'm, oh, the, I'm the fucking shit. Yeah, let's get some pictures. Oh God, yeah. Fucking well, oh God, to be 17 again, eh? Oh, fuck, tell me. Well, remind me, <laughs> Remind me, remind me later. I'll I'll uh, tweet a, a picture of um, my old do, and uh, we can uh, we can be so like, embarrassed together. It's fine. Okay. Um, right. Where's well, the promo image for this podcast? Sorry. I'll just be. I'll literally just be us two with the long hair, the bucket cuts. That'll be it. Yeah. Um, 
Right. Well, total total tangent. Then I'll actually uh, I'll actually use some of these questions, I guess. Um, okay. So I, I went and got them. Um, <laughs> are you a fan of any sports? Um. Oh, am I a fan of any sports? Not really. Mm. I would say not really. I would say I I can watch rugby like every Welsh person can watch rugby. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Yeah. Um, like I don't care about rugby, but I desperately want Wales to win the rugby because <laughs> because that matters to us and that is going to affect the psyche of the nation. Yes, you know I want Wales to win the rugby because I want to get to work on time. I want the roads to be clear. Do you know what I mean? Like do, there do, is a malaise that descends on Wales. Dude, if you're you're speaking to somebody from Scotland, anytime Scotland is playing anything, it's like yes, come on. <laughs> yeah, and and is it the same with you? Like you know, your first choice is Scotland, your second choice is anyone but England. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, exa- yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I I, I do play. I, you know, I I am victim to that somewhat like anytime i drive into england there's like booing in the car you know like (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i i'd say i'm like you know into it a little bit like that um i used to be um i used to be in a darts team um if you can if you can count that as a sport which i very don't but fuck yeah you know uh yeah i'm not a bad darts player um I did play five aside with my work for a bit, but I I was more of the sort of like, I, I I'd say I was more of a sort of like hype man for the football team, you know, <laughs> like I used to send out these like massive emails um, speaking about us like we were like a Premiership club, and I managed to get us sponsored shirts from a sponsor from a sponsor from our work that is worth like a couple of billion a year, and they only sponsored. Us and we were in like the Gowerton Wednesday evening Leisure League Division One, <laughs> you know. And we used to have an awards do every Christmas, and every, like all the boys, like you know, no matter how scruffy everyone dressed for work, everybody would be out in suit and tie. Everybody, nice. because that is the expectation we set, you know. <laughs> so that was really my function there. I was an okay defender, mainly because we were playing against teenagers, and again, I'm very large, you know. So like, it's just. It was just a, you know, it wasn't that I was good at football. It's just that I, I covered a lot of space. <laughs> so, that's yeah, he sounds like so, uh, he's definitely a better hype man than Bez, anyway. So that's that's something. I would say so. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I did more for the football than Bez did for the Happy Mondays. Yeah, yeah definitely. And less maracas. So I guess that's always a plus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, not really. No, not really on sports. Nah, cool. That's that's fine. Neither am I. Um, on a total, on, on kind of a, 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 a bit of a, a touchy yet serious subject, um, mm. you were saying there about um, going in England and booing and whatnot. I yeah. uh, spotted the other day on Twitter that there is a Welsh independence thing on the go. Right, uh, yes. <laughs> yes, what's, there is. Uh, what's, your, what's your thoughts and feelings on that? Um, I, well, I mean... I wa- I watched the Scottish independence referendum, the first mm-hmm. one, folks, um, with ke- with keen interest. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think there'll be another one if things carry on the way they're going. I think there will be another Scottish one. Whether or not there will be a Welsh one, I don't know. Um, oh, okay. The the only thing I would say about a Welsh independence referendum at this time is that. Is that I, I don't know if it would be I, I I don't know if it would be successful at at this moment in time. I feel like it would, it would have a better chance now than it would have had in any time in our history back to like the the early twentieth century. Yeah, but um, whether or not it could pass, I don't know. I think it would require um, it would require guarantees that um, like you know obviously Westminster would not make you know for yeah. instance. Um, uh, I, I, as you can probably tell, I'm not really a politics expert. No, that's but, fine. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure if you know, let's say that you know, I woke up tomorrow from a medically induced coma, and Wales was suddenly independent. I'm sure we'd manage. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we would. You know, just as I'm sure that Scotland would manage. You know, and I'm sure Scotland would have managed the first time. Yeah, but nobody had the uh, nobody had the foresight to. To think that, unfortunately, can you, 
Oh God, can you imagine? Like those those posters they ran that said, you know, the only way to stay in the EU is to remain in the Union. <laughs> yeah. Fuck me, what a fucking switch. Yeah. Yeah, mm. just a bit. It's uh, well, well, obviously, I come from I come from the the town of the yes vote. Effectively, we were like the yeah. biggest place in Scotland for for the yes vote. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, just I think I, I think we're at the stage now where much like um, much like you were saying there with Welsh independence, I think if if another Scottish independence thing happened, I think it would literally I think that would pass within a a second now now that we know where we are and where we stand and everything i think it's going to be a case of if that ever comes up again it'll, everybody will jump at the chance but I, I think if they ran it again today i think it would go 50 uh would it go i don't know like like 50, like 58 42 something like that for independence yeah. i think something like that because yeah. there's always it's always more tories than you think oh yeah oh god yeah you know what i mean like yeah. there's, there's always more tories always more unionists than you think yeah. um there's always the, there's always the unsuspecting brexiteer that you don't expect oh absolutely yeah, yeah. exactly um yeah no I, I mean i i think i think uh, i think a second independence referendum in scotland could you know could quite feasibly pass now especially you know because the thing is i mean like Nicola Sturgeon must be rubbing her hands because th- this narrative, <laughs> she couldn't have asked for better. If if independence is the goal, then you couldn't have asked for a better narrative than yeah. You know, you were basically duped into staying in the union, and now you're being dragged to the bottom of the ocean with them. You yeah, know? yeah. You couldn't ask for better. You know, yeah. I mean, the thing is, at this point, I would say independence is the SNPs to lose rather than something they would have to convince people of. And I think I feel like that they've reached that tipping point now where. I, th- I think it would be if they lost, it would be like a political misstep and not, you know, oh so close, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I get you. Yeah, yeah totally. Well, on the <laughs> on the uh, on the political front, um, I'm going to get really heavy here and ask uh, Jaffa cake, cake or biscuit? Cake. Ooh, that was so quick. Cake. You've had you've had this conversation before. Cakes, uh, cakes by definition start soft and go dry. Biscuits okay. start start dry and go soft. What does a Jaffa cake do if you leave it out? Yeah, it goes, goes hard. Yeah, you're right. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> John Tucker, 2019. Vote for him. That's a fact, folks. <laughs> Describe to me your perfect Sunday, day or dessert. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> have I, have I got, hang on, so hang on. So perfect Sunday, day or dessert. Have yeah. I got to pick day or dessert? Or? Well, just whatever one you want, yeah. Um, day, I'll pick day then. Okay. And uh, do I then have to elaborate with what is my perfect Sunday day? Uh, if you would like, yes. Okay, perfect Sunday day. Wake up around eleven o'clock. Feel bad for two hours that I got up so late. Realize <laughs> it is now one. Have to think of something for lunch. Um, spend the rest of the day with the dreads because I got to go to work the next day. Um, maybe draw for half an hour. Maybe do some writing for some project that I know deep down in my heart will never be completed. Um, stay awake playing video games way till late. Like, still dreading, still just that horrible sickly feeling deep down that I've wasted my Sunday and go to bed fuming at about one o'clock. <laughs> and I nice. say that's my perfect Sunday because that's what most of my Sundays go like. So... I must enjoy them on some level because I keep doing them. You know, <laughs> that's very true. Yeah, yeah. So there's nothing. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, totally. Um, just you've mentioned um, work a couple of times there. I'm just wondering, what do you actually do as a day job, if you don't mind saying? Um, I won't. I won't say exactly what I do. Okay. Um, what I will say is that I am in the healthcare business. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so that's what that's what I do for a day job. Right. Which so, doesn't really, which doesn't really gel with the comics thing, I know, but still. I know. was gonna say that's uh, that's kind of like chalk and cheese, to be fair. It is a little bit, yeah. Am I allowed to swear on? I've sweared a lot already. Am I all right swearing on this? Of course. Have you listened to the podcast? Like I have, but I can never remember whether I can never remember whether people swear or not. Do you know what? It's quite funny. Some of the times when we do them, I'll, I like I listen back to them as I edit them. And uh, there's sometimes we can go a whole meeting and nobody says a thing, and it's 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 great, you know, totally clean. And then the next one, it's like we're trying to make up for it, and just <laughs> yeah, like yeah, full yeah. blown, like fuck, can't Jesus fucking Christ! I'm like, all oh, right, okay. So what? How does that? Um, so how how do you end up going to comics from something like that? Um, I mean, I I think 
like you know, I, I've always been sort of like you know, I've always been like keen on drawing, keen on art, keen on like creative stuff. But okay. like, I, I thought, well, you know, if I'm interested in this naturally, mm-hmm. I think probably the worst thing that someone like me could do would be to study at a university, or you know, do you know what I mean? Like, I thought yeah, yeah. the best thing, the best thing for me to do would be to like get a, you know, a normal job. Mm-hmm. You know, something that uh, because the thing is, like, I'm you know, I'm interested in like, you know, um, you know, healthcare related aspects. I'm good with my hands and, you know, like all those things that are needed to be, you know, to be good in like the healthcare sector. Right. I've got all those things already because I've, you know, I've done a litany of jobs and like freelance and side projects and things like that mm-hmm. that have prepared me for that. Um, so I thought, well, I'll do the comics thing on the side and just see, just kind of see what happens with it, you know? Yeah. But um, I, I'd say I've been doing, I've been doing that sort of thing for a lot. Because like when I was at, you know, because obviously my job is like science based and when I was, um, when I was at school, I was told like, "Oh, you'll never be, you'll never be a scientist." Do you know what I mean? Like, they just said it. They just said, "No, just forget it. It's never going to happen." So, so <clears throat> sounds like school. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So when you're, so like when you're a, when you're a kid, you just think that, oh, okay, well, you know, that's fine. I mean, I did okay at it, but it was like, ah, oh, yeah, but you're nothing, you're nothing special. So I was like, okay, fine. So, um, yeah, it was, it was only like, I think like later that year, like I took like a careers advice thing. Mm-hmm. And they ran the quiz past me, and I answered all the questions. And the, the the job they printed out was that job. Oh, nice! It was the job I just sent you? And I thought, oh, it's got to be a mistake. And <laughs> it was only later on because I took a couple of years because I haven't got any A levels uh, or hires. Is that the equivalent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't got any A levels. Um, so because I just kind of like dropped out of school because I was like doing other stuff. Right. So I had to I had to do like a foundation course when I went to university and. Um, uh, I, I just kind of I, I just sort of weighed up what I'm good at and what I'm not, yeah. and that ticked the most boxes. So I thought, well, I'll have a go. If it doesn't work out, then I haven't lost anything, hmm. and it worked out. So that's what I do for approximately sixty hours a week now. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's in, it is intense, but you know, but you know, I, I you know, I still find time to you know do comics and like you know talk to my wife once a week and you know that kind of thing. So <laughs> yeah, so it's not all. It's all about. <laughs> um, well, kind of swinging it back around to our original point then, with uh, with staying on on comics, you were on about um, how to best express comedy in in, uh, in in comics. I think you do a pretty a pretty good job, sir. Um, you. You've got a very good um, a good eye for timing as far as what I would say, like page turns and setting up like certain lines to pay off in the next ones. Um, whereas I don't think, I, I find that a lot of people don't have that same knack. People have it with strips because in strip work you have to know that you're doing so many panels pun- uh, set up and then punchline at the end. But I find it's a lot more rare to find something that is a full blown book that's come into a sort of punchline per se or has sort of funny parts in between and you pull it off quite well um, very well in fact um, I just wondered if you intentionally go about it that way, if you're actually thinking about that from the get go or if it's something that kind of comes as you're making the thing and making your, your stories um, what the the payoffs to the jokes and yes. things like that? Yeah. Um, the the jokes are always the first thing to be written. In fact, in a lot of cases, the joke, the devoid of context, comes first. Right. And the books are written around the jokes. Okay. Bald was written around a joke. Mm-hmm. You know, because <laughs> um, originally, like bald, I, I talked about this with Stuart on Y Comics yeah. uh, not long ago. But Bald started as an ending that I didn't have a beginning for because I thought there's something inherently funny about the idea of somebody leading a cult by accident. <laughs> you know, somebody against their will being asked to lead what is yeah. essentially a cult. So I, I I, thought there's something to that. But it's very hard to get somebody to that point. So I just kind of had to work backwards. And I thought, well, how could somebody... Okay, well, what if they could hear something that nobody else could? Well, how do they do that? Well, what if their brain was exposed so they could hear the moon and... 
That's why nobody else can. Okay, well, why would their brain be exposed? Um, because they've gone double bald. Because they were the baldest man alive. You know, you work backwards and backwards and backwards until you end up with them. Yeah. As a as a bald child, you know. And then as you work further backwards, like other jokes present themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, like him being um, being like researched on when yep. he's a kid. You know, like my my favorite joke in the whole of bald is the researcher who tries to strangle himself because he's driven mad by how bald this kid is. You know, like <laughs> like that that was never in the original plan, but that came afterwards. I thought, oh yeah, that's yeah, that's good. I'll stick that in. Yeah, um, yeah. The jokes are always like the, the jokes are the point because here's the thing. Like I would say, like like I I I I would consider like. Like yeah, obviously you know I'm in comics and that, but I would say more like more than that, I'm I'm more in like comedy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, like the like my books live and die by whether or not they're funny. Right. Like I you know the, and, and I think in that regard I'd say I'm in something of a minority because there are people doing um, books with like comedic elements mm-hmm. and there are people who do you know incidental humor as part of a drama very well. Yeah. Um. But I would say your know, books that are intended to be comedies, to be judged on their comedic value, I'd say there's not many people that I know of doing that. You know, there are some. <laughs> you know, there's, you know, like um, like Todd Oliver and people yeah. like him. Yeah. Um, you know, so you know, obviously I'm you know I'm not alone in doing that. But I would say in terms of like the sort of the indie circuit at the minute, where people are publishing books rather than strips, <laughs> um, it's it's not that common. No, it's not. You're right. You're right. And indeed. I'm not sure why that is. Well, you, I think it was yourself that said before that there wasn't enough people doing. Was it the inconceivable comic? Oh yeah, yeah. I said that on your Comics podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, well, that that it really is like. You know, when I got into this, I thought, oh well, you know, there's bound to be like a couple of other people doing, you know, this sort of like weird kitchen sinky comedy stuff that I'm doing, mm. and. There were people doing elements of that, but there's no, I didn't really see anybody that I could point to directly and say, right, they are doing what I'm doing. Like maybe maybe Matthew Dooley, okay. maybe him. Yeah. Like um, that that thing he wrote for um, the Observer, the Jonathan Cape Prize a couple of years ago, like the tallest milkman in the world. Yeah. Like that is you know because I read that after I, I think um, Alex Thomas of Pipe Dream compared Bald to a Matthew a Matthew Dooley book, and I looked into it and saw that show. I thought, oh god, yeah. You know, like I thought, yes, that is, you know, that is similar to what I'm doing. Yeah. So yeah. there are people doing it, but um, yeah, it it does it does puzzle me. It really does puzzle me. You know, I'm, I'm not saying like, oh, you know, I've got such good ideas, and I don't know why everyone isn't doing them. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, it no, just, but you're... It, does, it does seem weird that there's when there's infinite possibility and uh, you know, such a low bar to entry now. Yeah. Why you tend to see some of the same themes coming around again and again? I think people are tied to sort of current pop culture and everything as well. I mean, everything's a, a superhero or everything's got some sort of um, adventure or thriller vibe to it. So people just kind of get tied to it and they, they, they're seeing that stuff every day. So they just kind of replicate that stuff every day as opposed to maybe just thinking outside of that and doing something completely different. Um, the imagination yeah. can only go so far with folk and unfortunately it just sometimes manifests in what they're currently like uh, retaining, you know what I mean um, so I think it's maybe just a case of that, it's just a lot of people just in this sort of pop culture bubble at the minute and then they're just sort of stuck with that yeah, maybe, yeah, that could, yeah, that could be it, I mean, and the thing is like, again, like there, there are lots of people doing, you know like funny material, you know, oh, yeah. like, um, you know, like Sam Schaefer, um, uh, like uh, Charles Raymond, yes. chlorophyll, mm-hmm. like th- that was a, that was a comedy book. It had a, a fucking, you know, it led all the way to a punchline. Yep. You know, <laughs> when I read it, I thought, oh my god, do you know what I mean? Like, like that was, you know, chl- chlorophyll. You know, sorry if it wasn't meant this way, Charles, but I really laughed at the end of chlorophyll. <laughs> you know, so. Um, you know, I, you know, again, like not saying I'm the only person doing it, but I, you know, I, I you know, I, I, I definitely think that, like, I, I, th- I think there's more room for. That. I would like to see like more stuff in that vein. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm very, I'm very much with you there, dude. You mentioned because like, you mentioned Todd Oliver as well. I think I 
stumbled across both of you kind of around the same time and I remember kind of coming across these wealth of comics and going yes finally like something that I was really looking for I think that's why I gravitated towards your stuff um and why a, a bunch of people that I've I've kind of shown it to as well they've all kind of gravitated to it because it's something that they've not seen in, in in amongst comics at the minute, even in amongst a small press, even though there is, like you say, there's there's loads of stuff out there that's yeah. amazing and stuff that's unique and, and and great on itself. But there's just something inherently. A lot of your stories do have a lot of heart to them, as well as being quite funny. Um, like I still find um, adrift very heartwarming even though it is hilarious like there's the you know all the old people shagging is absolutely yeah is, is great but you know it, it rounds off really nicely and has a has a, a good sort of heartfelt moment at the end you know and uh even actually i'd say even something um sort of a bit more out there is uh gang culture um yeah in 1950 swansea there's still like that element of a guy looking back on hanging out with his mates and whatnot and, and them being like, you know, this is this is what we did and him kind of going into the nostalgia factor, you do kind of get a wee bit taken with that. But it rounds off on an absolute belter of a joke and I think it's, it's it is something that is a nice fine line to keep people interested, still having a nice a nice sort of uh, some, something else that isn't just the comedy you know what I mean, like you've got a wee bit of thriller going through something or something that's a wee bit horrifying, but you, you've got a nice sort of joke payoff within it as well so. Yeah, well I mean like the the taxi was the first um, was the first thing I did like after I stopped making like zines, you mm-hmm. know and um, like that was meant to be like I, I thought that idea was just, I thought that was really funny, Yeah, you know the, the idea of somebody um you know some taxi driver speaking to somebody but it was also meant to be it was also meant to be um not a horror but it was meant to be unnerving oh yeah you know because like to me like the the, the taxi is like my fear rolled into one yeah it's it's a stranger talking to me and it's being cornered by a dog like those are my two biggest fears like i am terrified of dogs all right genuinely 100% 100% fucking terrified of dogs. If, if a dog comes towards me, I will push my wife in the way. I don't <laughs> give a shit. Could be the smallest dog going. Like, like I'm not going to fucking jump out of my chair and run a mile. But, you know, I've always been dead and uneasy around dogs, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so, like, to, to me, so obviously I drew on my own fears for the taxi. Like, that's my idea of fear. Yeah. Is uh, being confronted in a taxi or being confronted by a dog. Um, obviously that didn't extend into future books like you know um, like Nightwatch wasn't based on any of my fears or anything like that no but um, yeah like but that was that was what I was on about with the thriller aspect because Nightwatch does kind of almost have like a mystery kind of thriller aspect to it as well because you are going what's this guy going to do you know what I mean you're still getting to the point of like what's what's going to happen here there is that kind of build up and then when it does happen you're like oh fuck you know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, it's still funny, yeah. but it's, you know, you do kind of get that thing that you would get with a, a, a thriller and you would kind of get that, oh shit, what the fuck, what's going on, you know? Yeah, and I, I think like, like, that was, I mean, for, for me, like, when I first started out, like, I, I think like, stuff like that, like where the, the joke is that it goes so completely over and above your expectations. Yeah. Like where the, where the scenario is almost the joke. Like there's not really like a punchline, but no. Like the scenario has just gone completely out of control. Yeah. Like that was, you know, I I, I do enjoy writing books like that, and I've still got plenty more of those in the tank. But I would say like something like like friends like for me like, but like bald is probably I I think that's the best thing I ever did, because I think it was like a ridiculous enough premise, and it had a good heart to it and i think mm-hmm. it had a good you know a, enough good jokes on the way and it was a self-contained thing like i you know i don't i'm i'm not sure i'm ever gonna beat bald you know i think i think that's gonna be my you know i think that was my uh that was my pinkerton i think Ooh, i don't know i would say uh i would personally say sido's up there, man, with with, uh, with my favourites, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Sido's okay. got Sido's got good heart to it, and uh, a good like a 
absolutely brilliant payoff as well and extra things going for it as well it's got extra wee bits and bobs um going on within it i think i'd said yeah. that to you before that for the uh for the sort of john tucker um aficionado you would get a lot more out of that kind of thing yeah, all th- all three of you yeah <laughs> <laughs> no no <But> no no <laughs> Well, I mean, it may you know it may be up there for you, but I'll tell you what, it's not that not up there with is me because it's a fucking nightmare to carry around conventions. Honestly, what a fucking blunder! I can imagine that carrying those fucking rolls of posters. My <laughs> God, there's a lesson learned. Good God, life. I, I remember because when I first said like, oh yeah, one of once I've done a couple of these, I haven't for sale online. Never gonna happen. <laughs> Never gonna happen. That Sido was a one and done. Like. If you can't get to a convention and you can't get a copy of Sido, then, you know, that sucks for you. But fuck me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was a fucking lesson learned. It's good, though. It still it still, mm. wor- it still works pretty well as, like, uh, a digital one as well. So you're, you're not so bad there, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you did all right. Um, no, I would definitely... It's, it's, a, it's a high point for me. Um, right, I'm going to go completely tangent here again. Okay. Um, favorite season? Uh, winter. Ooh, what? How so? Uh, Christmas. It's a big one. Ah, okay. Um, I don't know. I think there's just the like, thing is like, you know, you take your classic winter, right? Um, and all my winters for reference, other than the couple of years I spent in Manchester, most of my winters have been spent in Wales, right? Okay. Um, so they're you know wet and cold. You maybe get snow every couple of years. But, you know, it keeps the idiots off the streets, I mm-hmm. would say, is a big one. Like, if you walk through the middle of town, no one's got their shirt off. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, true. If, if you go into a town centre in the middle of summer, it's it's a shit show. If you go there in the winter, people are just <laughs> trying to get on with whatever they're doing so they can get out. Yeah. Just keep moving and get out of the way. Keep and that's going. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the point. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I've always... Um, I, don't know, I think I've always gravitated towards winter. I don't know. Right. I think I think I just prefer the long nights. You know, like the sun rising at like five a.m. I'm not into it. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you on that one, man. I uh, find myself over the past couple of weeks, especially waking up and being like, "Fucking hell, it's only four in the morning, and I'm blinded by light. It's ridiculous." Yeah, that's uh, it. At least if you have to get up early for work or something, and it's dark outside, you can feel that done by. Yeah. If you wake up and it's as light as it would be at like eight a.m., it's like, what's the point? <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah I don't feel like I've done anything extra I've just gone up earlier yeah very true mm. um favourite recently deceased celebrity how recently are we talking um past five years five years oh god oof favourite recently deceased celebrity five years um The, the the one the one or two that have sprung to mind there mm-hmm. are <laughs> mm-hmm. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, yeah, he's up there for me. Yeah, totally. Like I'm not I'm not like a modern day wrestling fan, but I was big into it as a kid, and yeah. I think even if you're just taking him for his performance in like They Live, totally. you know, like yeah, I think yeah. Piper's up there, and in the same vein, Bobby Heenan is up there. Okay, like I I don't know how familiar with wrestling you are. Um, so so I I know kind of um just maybe just before the Attitude Era, and then if you give me the Attitude Era, I know like everything. Yeah, um, well, that's like, about it. yeah, like Bobby Heenan was like a legendary manager, like an all-time great, like you know, just funny yeah. bad guy. I'd say he was up there. Um, oh God, who else? Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, because I always thought that if there was a film made of my life, he'd be a good person to play me. Oh man, yeah, that's a good one. I yeah. thought I thought he would be good for that because he because he was like, you know, he had the sort of like the face and the hair, yeah. but he was like a foot and a half shorter, and I just thought it'd be really funny. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. God. I mean, oof. It's I don't, well, you know what? Piper was my first thought, so I'm going to say Rowdy Roddy Piper. I'm going to think of another one later. I'm going to go, oh, shit. But <laughs> for now, I'm sticking with Rowdy Roddy Piper. Good choice. Because you, you know, you got to keep in mind that he never, he never really won like a major championship ever. No. But he was, you know, he headlined the first WrestleMania. He was like 
top like top of the elite top 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 mm-hmm. his whole career never had never had the belt put on him never had anything but he was just a top just through sheer force of personality yep and was, that's what counts yeah you know forever so, forever the fan favorite as they say yeah well well that's but that's the thing like he, he was in like the later stage of his career when people were looking back fondly on him but like when he used to go and like uh, wrestling like Mexico and Puerto Rico, they they had to have like a police escort for him because he wound people up so much. <laughs> he was like one of the all time great heels. Like he came out one time with the bagpipes and said he was going to play the Mexican national anthem, and he played La Cucaracha on the bagpipes. <laughs> and they had to they had to take him out with like police escort and like a SWAT team and everything because he said they were ready to kill him. It just shows you how absolutely huge wrestling was at that time. Oh, I know, and how how much people were you know. Oh, they thought it was like the everything was the real deal with that bit as well. It was ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, fuck man, so, yeah. he, came, he came out in a kilt and that just that sold it for anybody in Scotland. Honestly, well, that's it. Yeah, it didn't matter that he was Canadian. Really. No, <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think near R.I.P. Roddy Piper. Yeah, big time, man, big time. Um, record or CD? Um, what favorite from the past five years? No, no, just record or CD in general as a as a uh, medium. Oh, okay. Um, I gotta say, I I don't remember the last time I used either. Oh, I really? really? Don't. No, no. I mean, I've got a lot of records and that, but I mean, I'd be lying if I said you know I I used to listen to them more regularly than I do, but I mean, I'd be lying if I said I used anything but Spotify these days. Ooh. Okay. I know. I know. I mean, I've got, you know, I've got, I've, I've got, I'm very proud of my record collection, but it is basically just a collection of printouts of, of JPEGs with plastic discs inside. Now <laughs> I haven't used them for what they're for in a long time. You know. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, but I, I would say, I would say record, just because I just like having the big sleeve, and you know, it's yeah. just something nice about it. You know. Yeah, it's 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 like having a, a work of art, effectively, as well as having the record. So yeah, that's that's fair play. Um, yeah. what kind of posters did you have up when you were growing up? Um, oh, what kind of posters did I have growing up? A lot of the free ones from like um, either the Beano and the Dandy or um, uh, stuff from those like you know where they would like bring out like they bring out like a magazine for like six months. And it would just be about like the dinosaurs. Yes, yes. You know? And they'd give you like a piece of plastic dinosaur every week. Yep. And at the end of it, you'd have a Tyrannosaurus Rex. It would, yep. it would inex- inexplicably go in the dark. Yep. Right. Um, some some of them uh, I had when I was like you know when I was uh, when I was younger when I was um, like a teenager. I'd say you were maybe looking at some maybe some wrestling posters towards like the younger teenagers like. The Attitude Era was basically my time as well. Right, okay. Uh, uh, maybe, oh God, what did I have? Um, like maybe like a Nirvana poster, I think. The, like my big, my, say my biggest poster and like the odd gig poster that I'd whip off the wall. You know, like just the shit ones that where it was just yep. like, just the, the the bands and the times they were playing yep. in like in like impact font. <laughs> just the worst <laughs> shit going, right? Um but I say like my big poster years um, were when I was at university um, because you know uh, Manchester was obviously a lot bigger for music than Cardiff. So mm-hmm. and and we were working for the student magazines. So we were getting into free stuff all the time, which was a, a very nice year. That's a pair. Um, and when I was <laughs> when I was um, in the student union one day, I saw somebody putting up a massive like A zero poster for oh. the the new. Um, the new at the time, the new um, Best of the Smiths compilation. <laughs> nice. And I just opened it up a crack at the bottom and just like feed and just like fed it out into like a really tight roll. And <laughs> I think I've still got that somewhere. Obviously, I wouldn't put okay. it now, obviously, because that's like having a poster of Tommy Robinson up in your house, basically. Isn't Very it? true. But at the time, I was fucking landed with it. So that was up in my house for a very long time. Um, and I think I had like a big like uh, you know the Edward Hopper painting Nighthawks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had that up, you know, like classic like student print fair yeah, thing. Totally. Um, yeah, like gig posters, the odd wrestler, that kind of thing. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, ha, here's one for you. Um, favorite non-popular villain 
Now, what I mean by non-popular is popular being like Disney, Pixar, uh, Warner Brothers, all that kind of stuff, uh, or Marvel or whatever. Non-popular being like Bad Guy from District 9 or Sue Sylvester from Glee or Jason Bateman and Juno, that kind of thing. Right. Um, Favourite non-popular villain would be um, Robert Shaw as Doyle Lonergan in The Sting. Wow. That's... Yeah. Bang on. Not even close. <laughs> Have you seen The Sting? Uh, no, but it is literally sitting on my shelf. Still not watched it. <laughs> Get it on after we're done, yeah. Right, honestly, like, The Sting, like, it was my father's favourite film. Like, you know, when I was growing up, he had, like, two favourite films, like, um, When We Were Kings, which was the Muhammad Ali documentary uh-huh. um, about the rumble in the jungle, which is like, it's still, like, my favourite documentary, and nice. The Sting, which was, you know, Paul Newman, Robert Redford, and uh, Robert Shaw. Okay. And Robert Shaw as Doyle Lonergan in that, that was, you know, it was, just, it was a perfect, a perfect villain performance. I'd, I'd also, I'd, I'd say like, um, um, God, was it Mel Brooks in Drive? Was, uh, was that Mel Brooks? No, it wasn't, was it? I, no, not Mel Brooks, no, I'm thinking but, of. Uh, oh. he, he voiced Hank Scorpio in The Simpsons. Yeah, he did. Uh, he's also um, Marlon no, in Brooks, uh, Finding Nemo. Uh, God. Yeah, God, Alfred, Alfred Brooks, Alfred Brooks, Albert Brooks, Alfred Brooks, yeah, Albert Brooks, that's Albert, it, Albert Brooks, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, he, uh, I, I'd say that was a good, like, you know, he not, was... I, I know this is just feeding into the idea that every man's favorite film is Drive, but <laughs> that, that, that was, I'd say that was a good villain performance, but yeah, I mean, like Robert Shaw, like, you know, playing like an old, like Chicago Irish mobster, like they were, you know, if, if they'd given that role to anybody else. Right, mm. it would have been. It, it just it could have been so. It could have been like late, later Al Pacino. It could have been just over the top and hammy, but he was so quiet and threatening. It was just it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant performance. Yeah, Doyle Lonergan definitely nice. by a mile. Nice. You got you got ones just sitting there in your mind, man. There's a couple <laughs> that I've asked, and you've just been like, bang, this one, that's it. <laughs> I'm ready. Next. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you believe in ghosts? No. Not at all. No. Um Good. <laughs> no. I think it'd be more interesting if there was ghosts, but I don't think there is ghosts. Okay. okay. Mm. Um what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh a children's book writer and illustrator. I wanted to make children's books. Oh nice. And I still do to a point, but I realise I may have scuppered <laughs> my I may have scuppered that with the books I have put out. <laughs> oh, ice cream or ice lolly? Uh, ice cream. Mm, Favourite flavour? Mint chocolate chip. Oh, bang on. Yeah. Mint chocolate chip. Yeah, ice, ice lolly's fine. I mean, you know, if, I, you know, if I'm, you know, let's say I'm going through a, um, a motorway services on the way to a convention, you know, I'm not averse to picking up a feast, but what do you do with a stick? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Very true. You know, and, you know, yeah, you can get a Cornetto, but then, you know, it's just, uh, it's, big, it's just a whole, it's a whole performance. So, you, you know, you, you know you are need, with an ice cream. But you do need to have a spoon for some ice cream. Yeah, we, yeah. Well, I suppose, but I mean, yeah, you're not going to get it all over your hands, are you? And like, or you can get that in a cone. I don't know. Mm, yeah, yeah, true, very true. And oh just, yeah, like, get like, in a cone. And when, yeah. I, and when I think lolly, I think of, I'm thinking of like you know those like rocket shaped ones that are basically just like frozen fruit juice. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. and yeah, that's yeah, that's nothing. Ice cream, <laughs> definitely. Bang on. Um, if you could have a mundane superpower, what would it be? Um, a mundane, a mundane superpower. Yeah. Uh, um, I I would say I would say a good mundane superpower to have would be being able to guess what number someone's thinking of, but only between like one and fifteen. Oh, nice. <laughs> and being right every time. Right? Because the thing is, you could be right with someone again and again and again. And because there's been, like, you know, all this Darren Brown shit, people might think, oh, come on, no, what's the trick? Tell me the trick. And you could just be like, oh, no, can't reveal the trick, you know. <laughs> but, you know, it would be a good, like, party trick to have. But also, you could use it to, you know, you could use it to win bets and stuff, you know? Yeah, very true. Like, yeah. like oh, okay, well, um, you know, like let's say you you know you you know two people are going for a seat in the cinema. And you say okay, you can have it. I tell you what, right, write down a number between one and fifteen, and if I can guess it, I get the seat. Right, fair. 
Yeah, fair. <laughs> Guess who's getting the seat? <laughs> Old JT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. Some just some stupid little just bullshit skill, you know, something like that. That was yeah, yeah, bang on. It would come in handy, but it wouldn't attract too much attention. Do you know what I mean? No, that's that's very true. Right enough. Yeah, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be getting asked to, you know, save up bus full of kids with guessing number one to fifteen or anything. No, right exactly. Enough. Well, unless it was to talk a villain into pulling it back or something, you'd be like, right, if I do this, then uh, if I can guess the numbers between one and fifteen, you've got to save those kids. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I'd be happy to do that if the, if the situation ever arose. But I'd, I'd mainly, I'd mainly use it to settle disputes in the cinema. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's uh, yeah, that's probably the best use of that power. To be fair, I uh, think so. Right, well, dude, we're actually rounding up to an hour. I didn't even realize. Just Has that been an hour? Me. Yeah, it's been an hour. Jesus Christ. Um, so I will uh, come on to. My last questions, just to uh, to round it off, mate. Okay. Do you think different coloured M and M's have different flavours? No. Okay. That's pe- a common misconception. I don't. Smarties do. Orange do they, Smarties do, they do taste like orange. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. Right, okay. Or at least they did when I was a kid. They definitely did. Okay. I, I, I honestly, I always think either the blue or the orange ones taste different, even in M and M's. I know what you Maybe mean. Maybe they do Smarties, but. Maybe they do to a point, but I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be very subtle. I would say it's just probably yeah. somebody's synesthesia more than anything. Yeah, I'm gonna have to investigate that. <laughs> um, still or sparkling? Still. Do I have sparkling wa- uh, water? Yeah, I'll just whatever. Oh, st- still. Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely still. I'm leaving it open ended because it could be water, could be pint, could be anything. <laughs> Uh, still, yeah. Even then, still, I would say still. Nice. Uh, white or brown bread? Uh, um, I would say in general brown, but like the best, like the, the best like white bread is better than the best brown bread any day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you get a if you get a really good loaf of white bread, that's that's what's nice. I tend but to... an average white brown takes it for me. Yeah, I tend to find the white breads are usually softer or squidgier, at least. Yeah, yeah, I'd go with that. But yeah, I'd say brown generally, but you know, if you get a nice, a nice ciabatta or something, you know. Ooh, yeah, good. Then, uh, then you're talking. Um, slap and tickle or kick and cuddle? Oh my god. <laughs> um, what's the difference? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, just one Both. sounds better than the other to me, personally. But... Both, all at once, all being conducted by me, on me. <laughs> oh, wow. I will slap, tickle, and kick myself to death. <laughs> <laughs> and then cuddle yourself just to console it at the end. Cuddle myself in the coffin as they lower me into the ground for the <laughs> death ever recorded. Um, and lastly, favourite biscuit? Right. Um, actually, I'm, I'm a fan of a custard cream right mm-hmm. but i don't know if that's because i actually like them or because i'm the only person in my family that can eat them <laughs> right okay and that's not bullshit like my my dad cannot have custard creams because they drive him insane oh wow they make him extremely angry if he has a custard cream and everyone thinks this is a joke until they see it and then they wish they'd never <laughs> seriously well, the only times like i've an... ever seen my dad have a on public outburst or when he's had a custard cream in the preceding 12 hours oh, Jesus. so I think I, I think for me a custard cream wins just because that for me is like well you haven't asserted dominion over my entire bloodline you know I can still eat you and be fine <laughs> doesn't matter what you do to my old man I'm still fine do you know what I mean yeah um, yeah for me it's like taking back the night you know well, how, uh, <laughs> how does he feel about a bourbon on a Oreo. Yeah, we've investigated this. No other sandwich biscuit. It, it's got to be something in the cream of custard creams, but they dry. They they this make him incredibly, right. incredibly angry. Yeah, there's been there's been incidents in the past. Oh wow! <laughs> Only like three that I can think of in the past like thirty years, but is it, they've been spaced out enough that like enough time goes by, people forget and they think, oh, what was that thing with custard creams? Oh, go on, have one, ha ha ha! And then like two hours later, they're just sitting silently in the car, wishing they'd never, <laughs> they'd never dared, you know. Wow. Like my like my dad is like now he is like the most like docile, like, you know, 
you know, lovely bloke going. Yeah. Um, but like when he was when he was younger, he was like a bit of a tearaway. I think I don't know what it is. Maybe custard creams is just like a gateway back into that for him. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but for, I, I will say custard creams just because, um, you know, they they don't affect me. So yeah. okay. They're not your they're not your kryptonite, so that's it. No, they're not. No, you, they're my have, dad's, but they're not mine. Have you got a biscuit that is your kryptonite? Not that I've discovered thus far. <laughs> no. Until until somebody offers you a lotus and you go, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. I don't know those, those fucking what are they called? Nice biscuits? Those ones that are just like powder. Those you know those like or like a rich tea. Oh yeah, oh, rich like, teas. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing chemically about them that winds me up. It's just like they, they, you've offered me nothing here. Rich tea kind of winds me up in the in the fact that it's meant to be for tea, and yet they're absolutely useless for dunking. Oh crap! Here we go. You're listening to the biscuit hour. <laughs> <laughs> always, it always is. Yeah. And to be fair, yeah, no, I, no, I'm 100 with you there. 100. Yeah, they're just, they just, I just don't get them. I don't know why they're called rich teas. It doesn't make any sense to me. But hey, no, they're nothing. They're absolutely yeah. nothing. Exactly. Well, thank you very much for doing this, John. No problem. <laughs> You've got a, a nice varied amount of uh, conversation there, definitely. Yeah. So I'm. What use it'll be to anybody, I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and where can everybody find you online, etc.? Uh, probably the best place to keep uh, to keep tabs on me is on my Twitter account. If you go to at John Tucker Art. Um, that's uh, J-O-H-N-T-U-C-K-E-R-A-R-T. Um, my website is johntucker.co.uk. Uh, that's got like my shop and like um, that very airbrushed photograph of me, if you want to have a look at that. Uh, <laughs> those, are, those are the main two. Like I'm on Instagram and I've got a long dormant Facebook page, but I'm not updating that anymore because, you know, Facebook's, just, Facebook's barren land now. Oh, Forget it, it's gone. Yeah. It's, it's dead uh, yeah so those are the two main ones and you know when when the time comes to uh to disclose more about uh the the book that's coming for me at the end of the year that'll all be that'll be all, all be on twitter in the first instance yeah cool perfect but uh yeah cheers for doing this dude that was it was awful good of you that's all right how's your dog moving yeah fine man um send us any comments or questions or just to say hello you can reach us by email at thatcomicsmell at gmail.com you can also follow us on twitter and instagram at thatcomicsmell share the podcast with your friends and followers we are on soundcloud spotify itunes youtube and most other places you find podcasts and don't forget to rate review and subscribe thanks for listening our music is by Chart Smasher, and this track is Dial Up. You can find Chart Smasher on Twitter at Joan Edam, and you can buy the tracks on Bandcamp. Welcome from the Lakes International Comic Art Festival podcast. My name's Ian. And I'm Nikki. And our podcast is all about, surprise, surprise, comics. We interview big and upcoming names from the comic world. We also review the latest in comics, graphic novels and comic-based films. We also chat about what we've seen, what we've enjoyed and what we're playing in our pop culture section. So listen to us, you'd be mad not to, at comicartpodcast.uk or on all your usual podcast players. And find us on Twitter at comicartfestpod.com.